welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you will hear me, Jenny Scholick, in conversation with soloist Julia Rowe. This episode was recorded on Friday, April 17th, 2020, uh, before the live stream of Dwight Roden's ballet, Let's Begin at the End. This uh, interview was recorded as part of our digital Meet the Artist series, which is happening uh, on Facebook Live due to the COVID-19 crisis. Tune in each week at three o'clock on Fridays on Facebook, and you will see these happen in real time. Uh, And if you're interested in watching this as a video rather than as a podcast, you can also go to our Facebook page and find it there. Otherwise, hope you enjoy. So uh, with no further ado, let's get started. And thank you so much, Julia, for being here with us today. Great to be here. All right. So just to kind of get our bearings, um, I know many of our audience members know you really well. You've been with the company since 2013. You were promoted in 2016, and you've done a few of these Meet the Artists before. But just briefly, could you take us back, tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you kind of made your way to San Francisco Ballet? Okay. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I spent 10 years at Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet in Carlisle. Um, After that, I spent a year training at the school here in San Francisco, um, after which I joined Oregon Ballet Theater, which is a smaller company in Portland. I was there for five seasons. Um, I got promoted to soloist after two seasons, and then um, and then I came back here, and I've been here for for seven years now. So um, San Francisco has always been my my dream company. So it was great to to finally w- make my way back here. That's great, and. You've been here for seven seasons, but I have to imagine that this one uh, is going to be particularly memorable and not all (laughs) for good reason. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we obviously weren't able to finish it out the way we hoped. But what is, you know, what is your life looking like right now in kind of these weird times? You know, it's it's all about adjusting to the new normal. Um, of course, I'm incredibly disappointed that uh, that half of our season got canceled, and that I'm not going to be able to to share all this all the great work that we'd been putting in for the rest of the season. But um, I'm glad that that we did get to do what we did, and I'm especially glad that we got to do. Um, the live stream of Midsummer Night's Dream. I feel like that was that was really special and really important for us. And that was, if the season had to end the way that it did, I'm I'm glad that we were at least able to do that. Um, but as for right now, um, you know, I'm trying to make the best of it. Um, I've kind of turned my living room into a, a makeshift studio, so I can take class every day and keep up. Um, as much of my my technique and as much of my sanity as possible. Um, I think it's it's really important right now for us, even though we can't be physically near each other, that we still maintain connected to to the ballet world. 
Um, and so I'm really glad that we're able to use online platforms to kind of make that happen through virtual classes and Zoom meetings and all the, the content that the dancers have been, been putting out um, recently since we're all kind of stuck at home. So, yeah. Yeah, so I wanna um, backtrack on a couple of things you just said. So the majority of dancers in the world do not have at-home sort of studio setups. You know, you're used to being able to go into a studio and have your ballet bar there and all of that. So what have you had to do? Have you like shoved some furniture out of the way? What are you using as a ballet bar? What's your setup look like right now? My my current setup right now, although I had to move it in order to do this interview, um, but usually I have, uh, there's a shower pan liner, uh, kind of doubles as a as Marley floor. Um, and I'm using a step ladder with weights on the bottom as a bar. And I kind of had to pull, push all my furniture to the, to the sides of the room. And, and it's not ideal, but you know, it, it's not bad. And it's, it's, it's been kind of a fun challenge figuring out what I can and cannot do in, in this space. And it, it's become kind of a, a daily project, you know, seeing improvement in under the circumstances. So, yeah. Are you um, mostly sticking with like just bar? Are you like putting your point shoes on and doing a little bit of center? Are you cross training? What's that looking like for you right now? Well, I always think that I'm going to start off just with bar and then I end up doing the whole thing. And then I end up doing more because that's kind of how I am with ballet. I'm trying really hard to stay safe so I don't overdo it with the jumps and I, I can't travel very much in this space. So, um, you know, safety is, is a priority. I would hate to injure myself at home during this time, which is completely unnecessary. So, um, so I'm trying to stay safe while also, also having fun and pushing myself a little bit. Um, as far as cross training, I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of Pilates, um, yoga, stretching, um, I've been going on walks. Um, there's actually right now is a great time to, to do a little bit more cross training, gyrotonics I do as well. Um, just because there, we, I do have the time and the energy, it's not like there are rehearsals, so I can kind of focus more on, on being healthy and, and taking care of myself, which is definitely a silver lining. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned taking online ballet classes and I'm sure a lot of our viewers, listeners have been watching uh, some of company class online, which we've been streaming. Um, and I know there's a, a million and two other options for ballet class online right now. It's been one of the kind of um, I think surprising outcomes of COVID-19 is how much teaching of ballet has moved online. Um, what is that like as a dancer? Like we're so used to having a teacher kind of right in front of you giving corrections, right? Um, how has it been to kind of transition to this online platform um, in terms of taking class? Well, for me, the first thing I noticed is that because there aren't other students in the class, I have to learn the combinations. Mm -hmm. 
We've thoroughly, noticed that with school students as well. <laughs> thoroughly and completely the first time. So that's been that's been good for me. Um, I I guess I I didn't realize how much I really depend on other people in class um, to to learn the steps. So it's been a good mental exercise for me as far as corrections go. I've been um, I've been filming myself actually take class from beginning to end just so that I have a more in-depth look at at what my habits and what I'm doing. And uh, I started <laughs> I started a notebook of corrections. So I take class and then I watch class. I watch myself take the class that I just took and I write down notes and thoughts and and corrections. I try to put at least one positive thing in there because I know that that's that's also important um, to to take note of what you're doing well as well as all of the things that that you want to improve upon. So um, it's actually been nice to sort of that's something I used to do when I was a, a school student is write down all my corrections and now not being in a physical class I, I don't really get corrections from a, a teacher but it's it's nice to be able to to break down my my dancing like that um now that we have the time and this the space to do that yeah yeah and it, it takes um such discipline to do that too right not just to be taking class sort of i mean not totally on your own but in by yourself in your home and then Go back and watch yourself and write all that. I mean, it's really, um, it's a real testament to the um, commitment you have to the art form. And also makes me wonder, you know, do you ever think about teaching yourself? Like, is that something that you feel like is really um, personal to you or that you have an interest in sharing with others at some point? I love teaching. Um, I think it's... I, for me, it's been essential to my growth as an artist. Um, you learn quite a bit uh, about dance when you're sort of required to explain it. Um, mm -hmm. I also it's it's really gratifying to see to see the wheels turn in your student's head and and see the progress. Um, I would definitely like to continue teaching. Um, I you know, dancing full time, there's not a whole lot of, uh, not a whole lot of opportunity to, to teach. But as, as I get older, and as my career progresses, it's definitely been a pleasant surprise to, to see how much I enjoy um, giving back in that way. That's great. So I want to go back to another thing you mentioned, um, which was the filming of Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, we all got to see you as the butterfly in that uh, stream. And I'm wondering if you could, I'm going to ask you some questions about uh, that role specifically, but if you could first just tell us a bit about that filming. And um, it was such a crazy week for all of us uh, in the organization and I mean, for me as a staff member, it was so gratifying to be there that night and kind of see everyone come together to make that, um, I think, for you guys and for our audience. But I'm wondering what it was like for you. 
that was a really special uh, opportunity. Um, it was, you know, everything was uncertain. We didn't really know what was going on um, in terms of how long we would we would have to shelter in place. I think at that point we didn't even know that we would have to um, be mm-hmm. quarantined. Yeah, it was before it was yeah. before the shelter in place order. Yeah, so it was it was it was kind of shocking and, and it was a good, it was good for us to be able to, to come together and, and do something that we know how to do well and share that. Um, And so it, we, it was, it was put together really quickly. We just, um, we had one sort of dress rehearsal and then we, we did a performance with no audience, which, um, which was interesting. Um, you know, I really missed having the energy of, of a live audience there and being able to, to feel people and, and the, the presence in the room, especially at the end when we did all of our bows with, with no applause. And it, it made the, the situation come into focus and the the gravity of of what we were doing and what was happening in the world really really kind of hit home for me in that moment um mm-hmm. but but then i i looked around on stage and realized that there are all these people who who are doing this with me and you know we 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 will get through this like that there's no doubt in my mind well, there was no audience to applaud, but kind of uh, spontaneously, if I recall, the orchestra applauded the dancers, <laughs> and then the dancers <laughs> that orchestra which was really great. Part. That was so awesome. <laughs> it was so. I mean, I just. I mean, I remember sort of like tears sparking in my eyes yeah. at that. I just thought it was so lovely. But um, you had someone special in the orchestra that I night, did. I believe. So, um, your fiance, right? It's Jonah Kim in the orchestra. Yes. And I wanted to ask kind of what that is like, right? Um, being with another artist, being with another artist during shelter in place, but also getting to share, you know, the art that you make in the opera house together. That's really special for me, um, to be on stage and know that, the person who I love is also a part of creating this magic that means so much to me. And um, his music inspires me every day. Um, so being able to, to, to do that um, in performance every night is, is really, is really special. And I'm, I, I feel like we, support each other in a really profound and important way. And it's, it's great to see how, I don't know, like we, because we're both artists, I feel like we, we, we talk about stuff. We, we talk about the, the, the importance of art and the importance of, of music and dance in, in the world. And I, I feel like being able to share that with, with your significant other is 
is really special. Um, right now, it's it's kind of fun because uh, just because we're we're here doesn't mean that that we can't create. So we're both kind of doing our our own things and sharing the space and figuring out a way to to make it all happen. Jonah's been been recording like crazy and he's been playing a bunch of different stuff. Um, and so I've gotten to, to hear all sorts of Beethoven and Bach and, and I've taken kind of a crash course in classical mu music history <laughs> just, and um, so it's, it's been kind of fun to, to sort of grow in that way um, because my experience as a, as a dancer is, can be sort of limited because we, we spend a lot of time in the studio doing very specific ballet related things. And so broadening my horizons like that is, is, is it's been kind of nice. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm sure that in like under normal circumstances, you see each other kind of at work, but the kind of intimacy of like his rehearsal, like his practicing, you taking class at home, like that's got to be a different kind of visibility into each other's world, right? Than normal. I've learned a lot from the way that he practices. Um, musicians, mm -hmm. musicians are used to practicing by themselves more than dancers. Um, we kind of rely on a class atmosphere to not only motivate us, but also to, you know, we, we want corrections from a teacher or feedback from our peers. Um, musicians are more accustomed from a very early age to fine tune their craft on their own. So um, just observing that firsthand is, is, really interesting and I've learned a lot that's awesome so I have two more kind of sets of questions and we're running short on time so oh nice. sorry power three <laughs> no <don't. laughs> it's great it's it, it's a good thing when an interview goes fast I think for everybody um I do want to quickly um go back to midsummer for just a minute um and ask if you can tell us a little bit about that role of the butterfly. It's this kind of unique part, I feel. She's sort of Puck's sidekick in a way. And I wondered if you could just talk a little bit about how you approached that part and um, what's special about it for you. That part was really fun. Um, Sandra Jennings uh, was the, uh, was the um, representative from the Balanchine Trust who, who taught us and worked with us on the on the piece and she has a really clear and an in-depth view of, of each individual part. So being able to work with her was, was special. Um, the role itself is really fun. Um, it's quick and it's light and it's, um, it's dynamic and it's, it's all of the things that I naturally enjoy doing. So, um, and it's, and it's a challenge. The steps are, are not easy um, and, and to do it well requires, requires some thought and some practice. Um, so to, to be able to work on that was, was fun. And I, I, I feel like the, the end result 
was was magical. Um, it, and with the wings and the sparkles and the and the fairy dust, it, it felt like I was in in a storybook. Um, it looked like you were in a story. I mean, it's just yeah. the the set costumes too for Midsummer for the that production that we rented from Pacific Northwest Ballet. They're just it's magical. Special. The whole thing is magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I asked you to bring a little prop along with you to this yeah. interview. <laughs> Got it. All right, because everybody loves a pair of point shoes and. I personally, even though I'm immersed in this world every day, can totally watch dancers like prep their point shoes and talk about it forever. I find it I find it fascinating. I think our audiences find it fascinating. So I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about what kind of shoes you wear and what you do uh, to get them ready. Okay, so these are my shoes. Um, they're custom made Freeds, um, Freed of London. Um, I wear L Maker four and a half single X, and you always been a freed girl. I have. Um, I actually the first pair of freeds. Well, the first pair of freeds I had, I think I got when I was in the school here. Um, they had a program where students could purchase old company members' shoes that they weren't using anymore. So I, mm -hmm. I had a, a company member from decades ago. I, I wore her shoes and I loved them so much that I basically ended up stealing her specs and then modifying them a little bit. So I think I like three quartered the shank and changed up the drawstring. But um, yeah. And that, that is the perks of being a professional dancer is you can send in your specs and get your shoes really sort of customized to your preferences so all right what are yours what do you like in your shoe oh uh, I like a three-quarter shank sometimes I'll do it myself um, but recently I changed up my specs to get them three-quarter um, I as far as sewing um, I keep it really simple I don't know if you can see here um, mm -hmm. I I crisscross my elastics and then I sew the ribbons about Thumbs width from the center seam. Um, and for me, and I cut the tips off the, the top. Usually these aren't because I've been wearing them at home. <laughs> um, yeah. A little, and have you found really that you've had to change up how you do your shoes at home just in terms of like the slipperiness? And yeah. I mean, everything, everything's a little different here. Um, but I also do that. I change that when we go on tour and the floor is different or the there's a rake stage or anytime we're in a, a different um, a different atmosphere. I have to kind of fine tune what I like in shoes. I'm pretty picky. Um, so I usually have like four or five shoes going at once and every specific role has a specific kind of shoe for me um but how quickly I, do you go through them generally what's mm -hmm. your when we rehearse um and I'm less picky about my shoes I go through about one a week um when we're performing I have oh maybe two or three a week depending and I rotate mm -hmm. yeah 
And do you do, you keep your sewing pretty simple, crisscross elastics, ribbon. Yeah. What about before you put them on the first time? You bang them out. Oh, I bang the, what, what do you do? I jet glue the tips, but not the shank. Um, I bang them out because when you jet glue the tips, they get really loud. Um, mm -hmm. I step on the, the box because I have bunions. So in order to create the, the space around the toe, I need a slightly wider, um, slightly wider shoe than, than uh, a single X, but not quite so wide as a double. So, so I kind of do that myself. Um, I, I also put, uh, spray the, the box with alcohol so that it, um, it conforms to my foot without, uh, without deteriorating the shoe. Yep. That's always the sort of, that's the balance, right? It's like you need it to soften up enough to feel right and not soften up so much that you're going to. Yeah. You still need to destroy it. Yeah. Um, how sort of looking back in history, how old were you when you started working in point shoes? Do you remember? I think I was nine. That sounds about right. I get asked mm -hmm. that question all the time. And I honestly, I, I remember the moment, but I can't remember how old I was. There's a, I'm sure my mother knows there's a picture of me before I took my first class on point. As soon as I got the shoes, I put them on and insisted that my mother take a picture. So there's, there's evidence. It's a big moment, right? It's a big oh, yeah. moment for the answer. It's huge. I think I was um, waiting for that moment from the moment I started dancing. Yeah. Did you find, you know, point shoes, right, become such an extension of the dancer's body by the time, you know, you're a professional? You don't think twice about it, of course, but was point work something that kind of came to you fairly easily or did you find that a kind of challenging moment in your training? I'm fortunate in that I had good teachers who waited until I was ready to, to allow me to dance on point. Um, I know there are different schools of thought, but I, I, I was very, my, my legs and my feet were very strong before I put on a pair of point shoes. So it wasn't, it was kind of a natural uh, progress instead of being a jarring sort of, sort of moment. Yeah, you were ready. Yeah. All right. So my last, my last questions. Um, what were some of the things that you are really disappointed we didn't get to do in 2020 and that maybe you hope are going to come back? What are some, what were some of the, some of the highlights? My last one, I know. We'll end uh, on a little downer, but. Um, well, um, let's see. Helgi Thomason's seven for eight was was going to be a big one for me this year. Um, that I I love the music. That music is a uh, is Bach. Just one of mm -hmm. some of my favorite. Um, let's see. Kathy Marston's new uh, new ballet. I, I was learning, and I'm upset that that has to be postponed. Um, what else was? It? Oh, Jules again, one of Balanchine's masterpieces. Um, 
Romeo and Juliet, which we did in Copenhagen. So I'm glad that we're even, we were able to do that. Um, yeah, pretty much the entire season I, I was looking forward to. And I mean, I'm glad we got to do half of it. Yeah, we got through half. And yeah. hopefully many of those things are going to come back. Right. Yeah. I think we'll all, fingers crossed, that when we hear about what next season looks like, that some of these things we missed will make it on there. So we're just about at time, but maybe real quick, one last, any advice you would give to a young dancer out there who might be watching this, particularly during such a crazy moment, what would you say to them? Don't give up. Um, the, The harder you work, the more you'll get out of it, regardless of any other circumstance or scenario and you're not alone you know we're all in this together and we all love this and just just keep going perfect all right thank you so much julia and thank you so much uh to our audiences who are out there um this will stay up on facebook and uh, we'll show up as a podcast next week thanks awesome bye Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.